I'm going to ask you for the next slide um, because I'm really, I'm really, really going to die very soon. So I want to get at least this presentation over before that happens. <clears throat> and now, Some Nobodies presents PowerPoint Showdown, where each presenter arrives unprepared and just has to do their best. Without further ado, this week's keynote speaker. Hello, and thank you for joining us for our conference. Tonight, you will hear four professionals discuss our topic, wind. With me, as always, are Smart Zach and Michael Colby. And this week, our special guest speaker is B. Clueless. I'll be your Hello. keynote speaker. Oh, thank you. I'll be your keynote speaker, Baba Duke Camelback, and I will be leading this conference. For those of you joining us for the first time, each speaker will be given about 10 minutes to present on our topic of the week. After each presentation, there will be a short question and answer from the panel. After the fourth presentation, the panelists will vote on which speaker will be awarded a $50,000 scholarship to some nobody's university and the weekly nostalgia prize. I do hear some background chatter, but I suspect we should probably just get on with the show. Now, Smart Zach, do you are you capable of showcasing our nostalgia prize this week? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We just got it sent in, actually, via UPSS, which is not a nice place. But let me see what I got. And um, let's see. What our Patreon members sent in today is... Oh, my God. Is this a, is this a Batman grappling hook? Ooh. Oh. Anyway, you got a Batman grappling hook as well as $50,000 from Somnil Nuwadi's University. Hmm. I think Very I good. Uh... Quite a prize. And now, without further ado, I will just, uh, deliver our first presentation on wind. Producers, please bring up the slides. I will be speaking this week on a wind experiment by someone with no confidence in this presentation. Uh, I put this together. I have been drinking bourbon all day. And this scarf has started to choke off circulation to my scalp, my brain. So I will be winded and speaking at a slightly strange cadence tonight. Let's begin with our next slide, please. Uh, now, our first question. How does the anemometer, anemometer and altimeter affect the corrected density altitude? That's a good question. Uh, all right. Anemometer. Sounds like anemone, which of course is a seafaring uh, kind of like bristly ocean creature that lives on the bottom of the seafloor. And that fish uses shelter because it has stinging nettles and it has venom or something like that. So it's probably a measure of like, still hearing some like background babble. Hmm. Hmm. We'll see. I, there's an echo here, but that's okay. I'm not going to worry about it. I'll let the producers figure it out behind the scenes while I give my presentation. We'll see how well this goes. Is this anyway? Is this a, is this a wind tunnel? Is that what this is? It might be. This is not oh. a bit though. Okay. Oh. Anemometer, anemone, sea creatures. It's a measure of salinity of the ocean based on climate. Altimeter, it measures height, altitude. You generally see them in airplanes, but sometimes you see them in ocean-going vessels, which is strange because you would assume an ocean-going vessel is always at zero. How do these two affect the corrected density altitude? They probably measure some sort of density of the water or something like that. You take the two readings together, it gives you a density of water, whatever. Let's go to the next slide, please. 
the experiment itself, a brief breakdown of what I'm trying to learn here. Now, I am an academic. I have not earned any such degrees in any fields whatsoever, but I like to say that I read Wikipedia several times a week, and sometimes those topics that I read on Wikipedia are related to the topics that I'm giving a presentation on. Now, the point, now this graph shows a measurement of points scored from 0 to 100 across teams 1, 2, 3, and 4 between periods 1 and periods 2. You can see the point measures vary. Now, I'm going to assume that period 1 was done using an anemometer and period 2 was done using an altimeter. Oh. Uh, and I think, you know, the anemometer goes down and up and then the altimeter kind of goes woo woo between all the teams. Uh, you can see that the, they all have kind of the brief, like all of them looks to have gotten about 30 points at some point. But uh, I think on average, team one and team four are probably doing the best so far. Let's go to the next slide, please. Of course, I did this experiment because I wanted to talk about my favorite types of wind and the scientific slang for all of them. The wind science nerds have a lot of slang terms for a lot of scientific things. And I learned most of these by watching the Big Bang Theory. A primary planetary wind, that's the wind that goes around the planet. Someone is shouting in the audience, and I'm going to have to ask you to silence it. A secondary or periodic wind only happens at the end of a sentence, period, full stop, it, and then it stops. And then you say something, and then it, again, for emphasis. The tertiary wind or local wind, that's only wind that you feel in your local area, like uh, where I am currently located here in my studio office. If trade winds... You generally like make exchanges on like magic cards or Yu-Gi-Oh or like Beyblades or something. The westerlies, they go west. The polar easterlies, they go east in the poles. I'm not talking about Poland. I'm talking about the north and the south poles. And the monsoon winds, uh, they're ocean-based, I think. Smart Zach is nodding. I'm going to defer to his, uh, his judgment on this. Let's go to the next slide, please. Now, of course, I had a three-part hypothesis before I embarked on this adventure of an experiment with me. And those are, let me make my screen slightly larger so I can read it pro more properly. The origin of wind, which pushes and never pulls weight and cannot be consumed. You can't consume wind. It's just that simple. You stand outside with your mouth open, you're more likely, yeah, more likely to catch bugs than the wind. You can probably catch the wind, but you're going to swallow it. And when you swallow air, you burp. And when you burp, that wind is re-released back into the wilderness. You can't domesticate wind. You can try. Fans can kind of do it, but those aren't domesticated. It's like trying to domesticate like a hyena. You have a hyena since it was a cub. It grows up with you. You keep it on a leash. It's cute. It laughs at your jokes, unlike some people I could mention. And then one day you're walking along and it just reaches over and takes a chunk out of your leg. That's what it's like trying to consume the wind. Hmm. Now, of course, speaking on the origin of the wind, wind starts somewhere, probably. I haven't read that part of Wikipedia yet, so I don't know. But one day I'm going to come across that article on Wikipedia, and I'll come back and give a sequel to this presentation if I'm invited back, which at this rate, at this rate, it doesn't look like they were uh, probably going to want me back. And just like that, I am dead weight in this conference. The wind, it pushes and pulls. If I'm that dead weight, the wind that pushes and pulls me is the audience opinion. And so far, that audience has been deader than a cricket. Mm -hmm. Let's go to the next slide, please. Leading up to all of this, wrapping up this part of the conversation, we're talking about the experimental results. I didn't wear my bow tie today. I wore my scarf because it's a brisk 
38 degrees, mostly cloudy. It's got the little cloud over the sun. I have a pen in my pocket. I don't have a, is that a paper clip? No, it's a clothespin. Looks like a red wax clothespin. Uh, and then a watch. I don't accessorize. I have glasses. I have earphones. I think that's a checkbook. I only use checks to pay my rent from my two, from my uh, salary as an adjunct professor at some nobody's university. Uh, they don't pay me much, and I can be replaced at a whim if I do anything which the administration deems harmful to the student body, such as blowing the wind too hard and knocking them into traffic. But this is experimental results swirls around. Now, does the anemometer and the altimeter affect something about density? Probably. When you, Something about quantum theory, when you measure results, the results change. There's a joke about that on Futurama, and I'm going to take that as gospel. Let's go to the next slide, please. 100% of wind is off the grid and pays zero bills. Need I say more? I'm going to. We experimented on the wind. We were going to pay it. The wind said no. It doesn't pay bills. It doesn't need our money. It doesn't understand what currency is. It's off the grid until we build windmills. Once you build windmills, that wind is on the grid and it has a credit score. And that is what they were trying to lock down. But that is, that's ancillary to the results of this experiment. We are writing a grant proposal right now to explore the effect of credit scores on wind power in the United States. Very exciting initial results, but we are going to have to release those results sometime in the next year or so. Let's go to the next slide, please. Now, in conclusion, wind does a lot of things. Anemometers do a lot of things. Altimeters measure altitude. A lot of altitude is at zero sea level. A lot of land is not at sea level. That's where you're running around playing Quidditch on your Quidditch college team, like the one that goes outside my office sometimes on weekdays, usually Wednesday and Thursday. I shout at them because the bludgers hit the window of my office, disrupt me, and spill my bourbon all over my laptop. I was hoping that the results of this experiment and the $50,000 grant from this presentation would allow me to buy new equipment. But I can see from the result and the uh, interaction of the audience so far that I am probably not going to be invited back. Just like the wind, I have been pushed out of the wind of this auditorium and I'll probably have to work at like Wendy's or something. Not Wendy's, Wendy's. <laughs> that concludes my presentation. I will now accept questions from the panel. Uh, let's see, let's hear from Smart Zach first. Uh, first and foremost, thank you very much for taking your time and uh, all of your uh, wind with you. Um, and I do appreciate you saving your only joke till the end. So good job there. Uh, now, you did mention that you, uh, I guess at one point, tried to tame the wind or domesticate the wind. Uh, would you like to go into uh, any of those attempts or how you can domesticate that? Well, first you have to, just like any sort of wild animal, and I treated the wind like a wild animal. I tried to earn its trust. I sat outside. I set out a bowl of food. In this case, uh, it was really difficult to determine what wind eats, and I gathered it was like dust. So I put out a bowl of dust, and the wind picked it up. And, you know, it's like, it's like trying to approach a stray cat. You let it get comfortable, and you let it get a little closer. And every once in a while, you itch forward, and you scratch it behind the neck, and it raises its butt in the air, and you scratch its butt. Um... Winds don't have butts. Um, they don't have a place to like grab them and put them in a carrier so you can take them to the vet and have them spayed and released. Um, 
but I did buy a desk fan and I ran that and it seemed to work. Like I had wind in my apartment that was staying around and sticking around. So I did something right. And uh, so far, those are the results that I'm going to report to the uh, academic journals. Thank you. Of course. Uh, let's hear from Michael Colby. Now, in your book, um, you did write an entire chapter about how bugs were a part of the wind. Um, it, it seems from this presentation that you've changed your ideas. Um, that book was published several years ago, but I, I follow your work very closely. Mm -hmm. um, I was just wondering when you changed your idea about the bugs and the birds being a part of the wind. Um, because you did say that you couldn't consume it because you only get bugs in your mouth. Well, I'm first off, thank you. I'm glad to hear that someone out there has read my book. I'm very proud of the work that went into Small Dog Eats Child. Um, but I'm sorry, can you repeat the question? Yes. When did you change your opinion on bugs That's being a part of the wind? Um, it was about six months ago. I was on a street corner in Amherst and I was listening to a busker and you know, his music was going through the wind and I was listening to it and a bug flew into my eye and I'm thinking the music on the wind is such a pleasant experience, but the bug in my eye is not. And I could not uh, reconcile both a pleasant and an unpleasant experience working on me at the same time. And so I had to reconsider my worldview and um, you can look forward to my future book, uh, Small Dog Continues to Eat Child, which should be released with Bantam Press in the next few years. Thank you. Uh, will your next book have a little bit more of the actual dog eating the child? I was a little disappointed with how little it, it had to do with the actual dog eating the actual child. The illustrations were nice, but um, I, I thought the chapter on that was, was a little bit too short. Um, we actually secured further funding this year from uh, Go Kick Me, which uh, we were with that we were able to secure the additional illustration talents of my third grade niece. Um, so there will be additional pictures. Um, we have to run through a few filters to really get them up to quality, if you know what I mean. But um, you can look forward to that in the uh, illustrated edition. Excellent. Thank you. Of course. Uh, any further questions? Uh, yes, actually, in fact, um, I did see a interview that you um, did on National Geographic um, about the effect that flatulence has in the wind. Um, you were you were mentioning that that it, it was it was a source of wind itself, uh, much like speaking yes. that you just mentioned earlier. Um, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Um, only in that when we were initially looking at ways to domesticate wind, we were seeking to attempt it in the same way that you would break a horse so we could break wind. Um, unfortunately, those studies did not really bear fruit. Um, and we did have to cease the experiment due to lack of funding. Uh, yes. Um, but we are hoping to start a, a new a new crowdsourcing campaign so that we can uh, break wind at a future date. Excellent. Excellent. That was all I had. Thank you very much. Of course. Yeah, I did see something in my uh, my news feed on LinkedIn about you trying to acquire more funds for your new book, uh, <laughs> Break Horses, Not Wind. Yes. And uh, yeah, I, I chipped in $2 on that. Oh, well, I, I very much appreciate that. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I know that sometimes we take questions from the audience. Is there? Well, let's see. Any questions? We oh, we do have one. Oh, uh, uh, Mr. Duke, what are the human causes for changes in wind origin? Human says, causes. Says Blue Shoe Nick. Uh, my area of study has not necessarily factored in human causes. Um, the people who fund my research believe, and that means that I, in turn, believe that human effort is not great enough to affect the climate. And so we are not looking into that at this point. Any further questions? I hope Blue Shoe Nick from the Blue Shoe Network is satisfied with that answer. He'll have to be because I'm not going to elaborate. Mm-hmm. I yield the floor. Well, thank you. I'm the keynote speaker. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> anyway, without further ado, let's hear from our second presenter, Smart Zach. Well, hello. I would like to start off by saying that I'm very happy to be here. Uh, I've taken at least three more tests today to raise my IQ score. It is well over 600. Uh, I've also uh, been straight chugging what uh, the internet says is cerebral spinal fluid to make me as smart as possible. I am ready to go. Now, the thing that you folks have not slash will not talk about when it comes to wind is what kind of wind there, what kind of wind is there to know or there is to know or any way you want to say it, depending on how smart you are and how your grammar goes. Now, there are several types of wind that there is to know, one of which will make you slide uh, a little bit forward at an incline on some ice, uh, one of which will make you step on a whoopee cushion and fall backwards in delight, uh, one of which will actually get you dizzy and knock the cane out of your hand, and then there are several others depending on how you choose to sit or stand on top of squares or things that look like chairs. But the most part to remember is that when it comes to wind hatred, there are all types of wind. It's not just one wind. There are many types of wind, uh, similar to what Mr. Babadook was trying to get into earlier with the nerd slang of wind and breaking of horses. Next slide, please. Now, there are plenty of kinds, and here are all the kinds of wind. Now, once again, I understand Mr. Babadook was trying to get into the slang of terms, but he isn't as smart as uh, other colleagues would like him to think, as well as uh, we talk about behind his back. But you have things like Team Bear, Sweat Poo, You Hack, Stink Love, Hole. Now, all these are different types of wind that you can find uh, anywhere from the polar Arctics to France. There's a lot of wind in France, too. You have Yakaway over here. Uh, now, Yakaway is that kind of wind that makes you feel like you're inside of somebody's mouth. Like when the wind hits you, it's just kind of wet and it feels like the wind just licked your face. You also have Mage Love. Now, this is that special type of wind. When you come outside, you feel like there's some kind of sparkle in the air. Like you know that if you tried to fly, you could, but you don't want to try because who knows? Now, you also have Oi because wind does not choose uh any type of religion whatsoever and sometimes it's just fucking terrifying oi that's a bad one now bear bear that's a pretty gentle one that's the kind like when you're on a beach and you're laying in the sand and you kind of feel like the wind's just hugging you but from behind um there's obviously lots of these i did a four by four grid making sure that i could display how many types of wind there are but we'll just go to go ahead to the next slide please now Wind can be something to be afraid about, 
half of those last hearts of wind in the last slide I didn't want to talk about because they're terrifying. And some of it actually can pick up your children and then not put them down sometimes. As we all know, mosquitoes fly. Why they fly is because of wind. Wind takes mosquitoes and puts it places that it doesn't want to be. And sometimes those mosquitoes are scary. And they take all of our toys. They take our figures. They take our Batman figures. They take our G.I. Joe figures. And those mosquitoes just take them away. And sometimes they don't put them down. Along with children, but I've never seen that happen. Next slide, please. Now, there is a lot to find things out about wind. <laughs> I'm having a hard time reading, apparently. There's lots to find out about wind. There's some things in there as well. Now, when you have the MPN, which is the molecular structure of uh, non-pliable metals, and then you have the diagram all the way to the U over there, which is unknown, really, which is why I put the U there. Now, figures 5 to 6.6, they're pretty much all about tubular neighborhoods. And what that happens is the way that they start streamlining communities, uh, especially trailer communities, it's so that the wind can form its own little vortex and pick up all the trash. That way, neighbors don't have to do it. So it's pretty interesting when you get down into the suburbs and find that the tubular neighborhoods uh, of the non-pliable metals and the unknowns out there. Next slide, please. I'm not going to lie, that was just a lot of gibberish. Uh, now, what is the wind to know? What is the wind to know? It's really in how you say that. Uh, now, I put a, I put together a couple things down here uh, of the winds to know. You got mad windy, you got sad windy, you got mace windu, and you got hungry wind. Now, of all these, it's easy to measure how this wind affects things through its speed, its sexiness, and its friction. Now, when you have mace windu, Ironically, sexiness is kind of at a low speed, way up there, which causes the friction to get where you need it to be. Now, Mad Windy brings a lot of speed, not so much sexiness, and really the friction level is not where you need it to be for the things that you want to do with said wind. Now, Hungry Wind, not going to get into that. Next slide, please. Wind is maybe not a bad thing to avoid sometimes. Think about this. When you have barbecue sauce on your face and you don't want to ruin your hands, sleeves, napkins, pants, socks, anything, what do you do? You go outside. Just let wind take care of it. Either one, it slops it off onto your neighbor's balcony, or two, it hardens it into a nice crusty material that you can flake off and put on your sandwiches later. Either way, some wind is terrifying. Some wind steals your children. Some wind just cuts right through your fucking head like this and knocks the barbecue sauce off, like I said. That's only if you have a non-tubular diagram model of a wind pusher right here, um, which not many of you do. Next slide, please. Stopping the wind from all... <laughs> stopping the wind from all over the place. We've tried unsuccessfully to stop the wind. Uh, we thought at one point that birds caused wind. Uh, we looked up in the sky, there was these large birds, and it seemed to happen coincidentally the same time that wind was happening so what we did was we actually grabbed all those birds and we taped them to different forms of cardboard or drywall uh some just sheet metal and just to see what would happen if all of the birds were taped down or tied down uh turns out wind kept going and our ears were shattered by the screams of very terrified birds but what it turns out is birds do not cause wind so stopping the wind we haven't got there yet 
I'll let you know. Next slide, please. Now, in conclusion of that multi-pointed diagram I started earlier with 6.6, the tubular. Now, we have figure 14.6, which is the dimensions of a box. Now, what we tried to do here is we tried to capture some wind and put it inside of a box and just try to understand it, really just stare at it for days on end and see what it would do if we gave it certain things to eat, uh, if we put on different channels of television for wind to watch. And it turns out we never caught the wind. We thought we were looking at wind. We were looking at an empty box. Once we opened it, there was nothing in there to begin with. But we did watch all of season six of Friends, and we became friends ourselves, me and the three scientists that you know, were watching the box of wind, which was empty, unfortunately. <sighs> now, in conclusion, you try to stop it. You're going to try to hate it. You're going to try to look at it through your neighbor's window. Wind is going to be here. It always has been. It always will be. It's your parents of your grandparents, if you think about it. It's the reason there are wars. The moon causes wind. <laughs> Lots of things can affect this. What I can tell you is taping birds down, putting in boxes, don't do anything. That's my presentation. Thank you very much. Thank you. I would love to take exactly one to three questions. No questions? Oh. Okay, then. I guess, uh, Mr. Babadook, I'll just call on you. Uh, please just give me a question. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the presentation. Um, now, you went into somewhat your thoughts on the initial... Uh, cause of wind being birds. Mm -hmm. um, I was wondering if you could remark on the circular, uh, like circular nature of birds causing wind, which the birds fly in. Yeah, it turns out those two things are not connected whatsoever. And that's where we spent decades of research trying to figure out how do birds stay up there if it's not the wind. It's not. They have tiny anti-gravitational fields in their knees. And like I said, we were trying to capture wind, trying to put wind in tunnels. We even put wind into tiny urban neighborhoods to see what would happen if we tried to gentrify things with wind. You, you can't do anything with it. It wasn't the birds. It wasn't the flying foxes. It wasn't even the airplanes. We literally do not know how wind gets up there. I'm sorry about okay. that. Next question, please. <sighs> Michael Colby. Yeah, um, you wrote an entire book mm -hmm. about avoiding the wind, um, and you had a you had a slide during your presentation about um, one of your experiments, which was the the box with the small holes in it that blow out wind powerful enough to punch holes through a human skull. Mm -hmm. um, but you sort of just glossed over that. I was hoping to get a little bit more explanation about where you got the funding for this experiment and what happened to all of those people who were involved in the testing of said box. Yeah. Um, now, I'm going to have to skirt this issue carefully. I did sign three different NDAs about this, and there is an investigation going on. Now, what we were thinking... Uh, how can I put this? We were thinking initially that wind was caused by the human head, knowing that sneezes come, breathing goes out, sometimes you can pop your ears. So there was a thought early on of, 
Maybe it's inside the human head. So let's try to penetrate that head with as much wind as possible to see if we can gather it together. As everyone knows, wind loves wind and wind sticks together with itself. So we thought that if we could get some wind pretty close to a human head where the origin of the wind, unfortunately, what would happen was it put millions of holes inside their faces, skulls, uh, literally everything that is inside of the head. And it really just decimated uh, 90% of the population of our institute, uh, which is where we got most of our funding now because all those other students and teachers that were getting funding, they don't exist. We took it all. It's a good method. Well, inadvertently, I'll tell you. Any more questions, please? Uh, yes, actually. Um, earlier, you were talking about the different types of winds. You mentioned um, Mace Windu was very low um, in sexiness. Could you elaborate on that a little bit, please? Um, some of my personal findings on the subject have actually shown the opposite. So I'm curious to see where you found this data. Yeah, see, the one thing that I couldn't fit on here is a timeline. Now, the sexiness of Mace Windu started out very high, but right around the time that he got his hands cut off and flew out of that building uh, while being electrocuted, sexiness kind of dropped a little bit. Now, prior to that, sexiness was above the sixth scale. Friction also way up there. So much friction caused by how sexy this man was. Uh, speed, way low, really. Took our time with that one. Once again, once the hands cut off, flew out of the building, a little bit of electrification. Um, yeah, we just found, in, in, once again, this is in generalities. So this is over the span of roughly 70 to 80 people, uh, most of which are now dead in holes in their heads. But uh, mm -hmm. it wasn't just my scale. It was an average. I see. Thank you very much for elaborating. Mm, my pleasure. I guess I'll yield the floor since there are no more questions. Oh, sorry. I do believe we have one question from the audience. And oh. It is uh, VIP member Blue Shoe Nick who asks, Mr. Smack, are whole wind and stank love wind members of the same subset of wind? And I believe he's referring to, if we can have the producers pull up the slide with mm. a different type. There it is. I believe he's prefer, uh, referring to different types of wind, if you could elaborate on the question. Oops. Yeah, of course. So we have whole wind and we have stank wind. Now, I had to put these in different colors because of different effectiveness of the said wind. Now, stank love, you can see, is uh, in the in the pinkish hue. And that's that's a pretty volatile kind of wind. Now, when you have the other one, which is the stank, what was it, sweat poo? Uh, stank love and whole wind. Oh, whole wind, yes. Actually, I'm sorry. And whole wind, we had to put in there with time hug in the periwinkle section because we just did not understand how to effectively use that wind. What's that wind for? It's like the subtle breeze, like when someone's standing behind you in a line at a bank and they're like, hurry up. It's like, what do you, that, I guess it's wind, it's moving, but I don't know how to quantify it. So it's obviously not stank love. But good question. I forgot to mention the color coding there. Very good. Thank you. Let's see, I believe there are no further questions. We will move on to our third uh, presenter, Be Clueless. Let's see, please All right. pull up the presentation, please. All right. Ah, uh, yes, okay. I'm sorry. My glasses are a little off. There we go. Wind. Exemifers the smelly super highways. All right, let's get started. Um, I think this slide really just speaks for itself. This is going to be talking about the smelly super highway, which we all know is flatulence. This is going to be a very fun 
fun topic for us. So let's get started, everyone. Next slide, please. All right. Uh, you can't trust what you can't see. Um, so wind, wind, it moves big plastic bags, <sighs> farts, HOV. And now, okay, so let me talk about this for a moment. Um, so we all know that stinkiness has a certain chemical compound. Now, when we think about wind and the stinkiness associated with it, we think about poop. Yes. Now, this is what makes wind so very, very dangerous. It gets into the nose and the hair follicles in there, and it makes you ill. Now, no social media. Now, wind, wind is very antisocial. It has absolutely no social media. So obviously we know that we cannot trust things that have no social media, that has no contacts outside of itself. Uh, drawing looks like spaghetti. So this is, this is the shape of wind. This is the shape of wind. This is what we cannot see, but science has actually done a very good job of mapping out the flow of wind. It does this little like loop-de-loop. -loop. Actually, hold on, I can, I can, uh, I can demonstrate. Whoa. Do you see that? Do you see what my hair is doing here? It's doing a loop-de-loop. It's doing the loop-de-loop, -loop, the spaghetti twirls. Hmm. All right. Gorgeous. Let's move on. Ah, okay. The sausage maker puts it best. All right. I can't change the direction of the wind, but I can adjust my sails to always reach my destination. Now, we know for a fact that we cannot trust, what was his name? Jamie, Jamie Jimmy Dean. Jimmy Dean, the sausage maker. Now, the thing about Jimmy Dean is his nose did not actually work. And we know this because, have you smelled his sausages? They're awful. So we cannot trust Jimmy Dean or his liar sausages. Mm. Yes. All right, next slide, please. Okay, is it art? Now, I will say this, I will say this about wind. Wind is very, very artistic. It is very beautiful. We can't see it, but we know it's beautiful. Now, I want you to take a look at this with the plastic bag, the gentleman just floating away. It is breathtaking. I want you to look at, who is this man? I want you, okay, I want you to look at this toupee in the wind, this, this hair that is about to fly off into the sunset, flawless, beautiful. We have, we have dogs barking. We have wind coming out of their butts. It's beautiful. Next slide, please. All right. The worst thing that happened to me due to wind at my aunt's third wedding. Oh my goodness. So my aunt's third wedding. Let me discuss that for a moment. So here we were, we were all sitting in the front row. We were enjoying it. We had some Jimmy Dean sausages. We were very excited about this third wedding who we were, we were absolutely sure this would be her last one, but the wind unfortunately did have other ideas, swept her third husband away and we have never seen him since. She is now onto husband number six 
and I'm pretty sure they're going to be fine. All right, next story, my last football soccer game. Now let's first discuss football soccer. It's a very competitive sport. We love it in this nation. It is our national sport. I, as you all know, I was once a competitive football soccer coach. And in my last, my, I, I, I guess I should say retired. And this is why in my last game, the wind picked up the entire soccer stadium and set it at the very top of Mount Everest. Those poor teenagers, we never saw them again. At the, at the Little Peep concert circa 2015. Now I was there for this historic event. I think we all recall this one. It was when the wind went right up his nose during the big finale. His head just inflated, it was awful. Yeah, it was huge and it never went down in size. It has always been giant. The poor man never recovered and he has since retired. It's a terrible, terrible event. What I'm saying is wind, while beautiful, can be very dangerous. Beautiful, we can't see it, but we know it's beautiful, but dangerous. Next slide, please. All right, let, let's discuss the Avatar movies. All right, the Avatar movies, where to begin? And I think we've discussed the Avatar movies quite enough. Next slide, please. All right, wind trends. Okay, here we go. We're going to talk about wind trends. Now, wind can be very trendy. We know that it is very artistic and very beautiful, but it does have certain trends. For example, in 2016, hair bows were big in the wind community. Now, we're going to talk about that just for a second because this is very, when we're talking about art and fashion, specifically wind, wind has it down. The hair bows were gigantic. They were voluminous. You could see them flowing in the wind. Now in 2017, there was this, there, there was like this trend where people were wearing spaghetti noodles to symbolize the shape of the wind. I, I, I definitely recommend um, referring to a fashion historian specifically for this one, specifically one that deals with wind fashion specifically, but I digress. Next slide, please. Okay, finally, in conclusion, I think this definitely speaks for itself. We have dice. You know, wind is, wind is very fun, very exciting. But as I said before, it is dangerous, fashionable, and beautiful. The end. Yes, any questions? All right, uh, Zach. Thank you. This was a beautiful presentation, especially when it comes to something I have never seen before. Uh, you did manage to capture it. Now, you did mention at one point that uh, in the HOV lane, there could be two plus stanks per car. 
Uh, how did you quantify how many stanks could fit in a certain area? Oh, there was there was much experimentation. We fed all these cards so much Chinese food and so much Mexican food, and we you know we had them like separated off to um, oh what's the word to measure their stank emissions. Mm. Um, it, it, it's fascinating. Um, it, it was it was actually an experiment run by um, my mentor, in fact, um, Mr. Pee Pee Poo Poo Pants. I'm pretty sure you are very familiar with him. He is an absolute genius. I definitely recommend, um, you know, like watching his research and just just really paying attention to it. It's it's fascinating. He did a whole documentary about the flatulence of the cars. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Michael. Uh, yeah, in your book, uh, you did talk about how uh, during that Lil Peep concert in 2015 um, that he purposely had his head inflated so that he had more surface area for face tattoos. Um, did he ever take advantage of that extra face space? to get some more tattoos is what I'm wondering. Uh, yes, yeah, so actually, um, I was mentioning earlier the um, like the fashions of wind, um, and that actually kind of rolls into that. He did, in fact, get an entire tattoo of the um, of the col like the the col the Colosseum in Rome, but he actually got like little seagulls all over it and like stars. I think he had a few like conversation hearts up here. It was gorgeous. I definitely would recommend looking him up. Just art, pure art. Now we Thank do have you. a question from the audience before we get oh, to yes. Mr. Babadook. Uh, hang on, please, Mr. Babadook. Uh, Mr. Blue Shoot Nick from the Blue Shoot Network asked, Madame Clueless, how do you account for the rise in digital wind blowing through inboxes and creating a new era in abbreviation? Oh, yes. Okay. So digital wind is something entirely different. That is a subject that I've been actually very, very fascinated with. Um, so wind, as we know, does not do social media, but they will do chain letters, I've found out. Um, so a lot of what we'll see is they'll be creeping into our inboxes, wind, and just forwarding all sorts of chain letters. I find it fascinating that it, the wind has actually developed that as a form of communication. Hmm. Great question. Thank you. If, if you do need a little bit more clarification on that, uh, B is a little bit too, uh, too shy to talk about it, but in their book, um, farting into your computer CD ROM yes. drive, it does have a whole section about, um, when you fart into it and you get your new abbreviations and everything, but you do have to do certain things, uh, but it's all laid out in the book. I would definitely recommend uh, buying that book. I, I was trying not to self promo, but thank you. I'll do okay, it. Sorry. Last question. Um, yes. Thank you for the presentation. Um, that You talked a little bit about your, your aunt is on her seventh husband. I was wondering if she ever talked to you about like her fifth husband and that time that, he invited her to the whole peep show 
And she didn't respond to my text, even though it said that she read it. And I, I wound up going by myself and she didn't, she divorced him after that. I see. I understand. Um, as far as that goes, I think you will have to speak to her directly. But um, I did hear that she is looking for husband number eight. If you're uh, interested in that, you know, I can forward your information. I'm just saying I can put in a good word. I'm a very good the pun i'm a good wing woman i not to not to disparage your abilities but i don't know that anything will do any good anymore but thank you i see um okay uh and uh okay without further ado i believe that the questions are done we can move on to our final presenter uh mr michael colby uh with our final presentation of the day uh good evening everyone and welcome to my presentation uh, about how I wind at business. Um, as everyone knows, um, I'm the CEO of a very important multi-billion dollar corporation, um, and I owe it all to the wind. Um, this picture of me from about three years ago was when I was trying to impress people um, I, I'm no longer trying to do that uh, because I can just sit, you know, down in my basement pile of, of gold coins. Um, I swim in it and it it's all thanks to the wind. And I'm hoping that through this presentation, I can help others. I can help others do the same or similar. Uh, I will take uh, the next slide, please. Now, how I got into wind is a very interesting story. Um, most, most wind scientists are looking up into the air. They're looking into the clouds. They're looking at birds. They're looking at mosquitoes. Uh, they're looking at human butts and looking for the source of the wind. But in reality, uh, I found... One day I was listening for uh, water, uh, Godzilla. Um, I was listening for um, King Kong inside of the hollow earth. Um, and what I found was that the wind originates inside of the hollow earth uh, and through the very small pores that are in between the molecules of dirt it comes up through the ground into the air. Um, it This is indisputable truth at this point. Um, nobody is looking into the sky anymore to find out the origin of the wind. Everyone knows that it comes from inside the earth. Um, so how I got into wind, it was an accident, but once I figured it out... Um, I was able to capitalize on it. So if I get to the next slide, please. <laughs> There's three steps to wind. The first thing you have to do is you have to gaslight people into thinking that the wind is coming from the sky. You have to, you have to make people think that it's coming from uh, stank love. You have to make people think that it's coming from uh, dogs buttholes um 
And then once everyone thinks that wind is coming from the wrong place, you gatekeep. You keep the information to yourself about where it really comes from until you've made so much money off of this discovery that it doesn't matter anymore. People can have the information. Sometimes you have to go to a giant uh, presentation uh, with millions of people watching um, and tell everyone exactly where uh, the wind comes from. Uh, but until then, you have to gatekeep. You have to gatekeep until you're a multi-billionaire. Um, the third step is girl boss. I mean, the amount of people that I have in my downline is preposterous. You would you would never know. And all of that money comes from below me and it blows up to me uh so i am in fact uh the girl boss uh next slide please how likely is it that you will succeed at this wind uh this wind we call it a we call it a triangle uh business uh now, I don't like to get into the, the big details um, because really you're very unlikely. Um, I have the one and only successful business when it comes to dealing with where wind comes from. Everyone needs to know where wind comes from. As you could tell from the other wrong presenters that you've seen today. Um, they're all trying to figure out where wind comes from. I'm the only one who knows. And I give certain amounts of information to the people in my downline. And they're all differently successful. Um, you have highly likely, there's very few people that are highly likely to succeed with wind information. Um, likely... Uh, there's more, what happens is as you go from the top, which is me down, you're less likely to become successful. Uh, but it might happen for you. All you got to do is you got to keep trying. Um, and I'm going to ask for the next slide, please. Now, what you need to do is you need to be in a place that is just the right amount away from a star. Um, if you are in the area that's too hot, uh, the wind is just going to blow your skin off. Um, it, it gets too hot. Your, your, your skin will come off first. The muscle comes off next. And then your skeleton turns to dust. Um, and it's a very, it's, it's a very small area of the rotation that's just right for life and a correct amount of wind. Um, if you're in the area that's too cold, you freeze solid. Um, a Yeti comes through, uh, breaks, breaks you up into a million little pieces with its powerful big hand, and then uh, sucks on your ice cubes for nutrients. So in order to get to right where you need to be, uh, you have to basically be lucky. Uh, next slide, please. Now, I don't know why I'm trying to sell this lighter. 
I don't need the money from it. But what happened to this lighter was this is an actual hunk of the Berlin Wall. Uh, younger younger audience members might not know what the Berlin Wall was. Uh, there was a wall, a big concrete wall, going in between uh, North Korea and South Korea. Uh, it went right through Berlin uh, in North Korea. And one day there was a monsoon there, and uh, the leader of North America, uh, Ronald Reagan, um, his lighter got caught in the wind and it got implanted into the concrete of the Berlin Wall. Now, this lighter is worth millions of dollars, uh, but I'm selling it for $50 because I don't need the money. So if somebody wants to give me $50 for it, uh, you can sell it for millions. I don't give a fuck what you do with it. Next slide, please. Now, you might want to know when you're like me and very successful, just so successful, um, what does success taste like? Success tastes like drinking a water. At first, it's unpleasant. Um, it's painful uh, while you're working on what makes you successful. But once you get used to the pain, it starts tingling and you become numb. And then it's almost like a high. Uh, when you're so successful, you just know that you can crush anyone that gets in your way. And it washes over you. And you say, this is what real power tastes like. This is what success tastes like. And then you chew up that wasp and you, you, you suck down its nutrients. Um, really being successful is mostly about uh, sucking nutrients. Uh, next slide, please. In conclusion, if you want to be successful like Jesus, you have to get so much money that you can hire scientists to extract dino DNA from amber and recreate dinosaurs. Uh, if you look, I'll show you after the presentation um, when I give my, my, my separate presentation about my triangle business, uh, you'll see the, the higher up you get on my triangle, when you get towards the top, um, you get better dinosaurs. Uh, you start off, uh, you just have, you just have those horseshoe crab looking things. Um, you can't ride those. You can't do anything with them. But as you move up, you get stegosauruses, you get brontosauruses, you get triceratopses, and then you get T-Rexes. And you would think that that's the best one. T-Rexes are very hard to ride around on. Um, what you want is a Velociraptor here. Because then you can get around very fast. The Velociraptors are very smart. They can open doors for you. They can eat your enemies and suck down their nutrients. Um, so, in conclusion, 
Jesus had the first triangle business. Um, he figured out where wind came from and he passed that knowledge down to me personally in a dream. Um, and that's how I became so successful. Uh, I think that's going to do it for my presentation. If any panel members or anyone in the audience has any questions. Yes, B. Uh, yes. So you, you mentioned um, dinosaurs and uh, you, you said the Velociraptor was the, the best candidate to ride around on. If you cannot find a Velociraptor, could you substitute it with a Utah Raptor? Hmm. You could. Okay. If you were desperate. Uh, but in reality, the only way that you should really... My scientists have perfected um, dinosaur cloning. Um, so the only time that you should get any sort of raptor is from my triangle business. Hmm. Thank uh, you. Yes, smart Zach. Thank you very much for attempting to teach me something about wind. I definitely appreciate it. Um, I did have a question, though. This picture right here, you said this is you after three years of doing mainlining wind. Uh, how exactly do you do wind as a drug to make you look like a, you know, the, the how you do now? I, I, I said nothing about mainlining wind. I simply you said, said you were doing wind for three years. I had been working on wind. I it, I wasn't doing it like a drug. I had oh. been working with my theory and my business. This was at the height of, I was just about to crest uh, success. Mm. Uh, so I was still trying very hard to look professional, um, to look handsome, mm. um, and I wanted to impress people. But once I got over the hill, of success i had so much success that nothing that happened could possibly tear my success down mm. um i decided that i was just going to start looking and dressing and sounding like this excellent thank you yes baba duke camelback thank you uh thank you for the presentation um you spoke at length about a triangle business and the importance of the downstream and going down how important in business is it to go down on others? This sounds to me like uh, it might be trying to trap me into saying something that would get me canceled or it's to take away my success. About your business practices. Um, in reality, everyone needs a downline. Everyone needs to be a girl boss and have all of their subordinates go down on them. I mean, I have hundreds of people going down on me a day. Um, and what they do is they suck my nutrients. Mm. They get nice. They get what they need from my business and I get what I need, which is uh, uh, lots of money and uh, not, not anything else, not anything that you're going to be able to prove in a court of law. Uh, all right. And I do believe, oh, question from the panel first, of course. I, I did have another question. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, smart Zach. Thank you for the presentation again. Um, I did, I was curious when you started your business extracting the DNA from Jesus Christ, 
How did you know that he was, they were going to give you the origin of wind? I am not sure whose presentation you were listening to. Uh, if we can but, get the producers to bring up that last slide, please. Yeah. Uh, that last, Jesus, yeah. Jesus came to me hmm. in a dream. Uh, he was the one who figured out I don't have Jesus's DNA. I've never cloned Jesus. I've never claimed to clone Jesus. Um, all I'm saying is Jesus rode around on a velociraptor, just like I do. Um, and it's because he figured out where the wind came from. Um, he passed that information on to me through a dream, as I said. Mm. Um, and now I am the next Jesus. I'm sorry I misunderstood that. And I love all of your work, especially cloning Jesus. Great job. Thank you. And I believe we do have one question from the audience. Uh, again, Blue Shoe Nick of the Blue Shoe Organization. Now, Mr. Colby, do you agree with the notion that investing in wind that gives BDB some TLC creates wind that is A-L-R-I-G-H-T? And where do you put the negative IBS? I don't agree with that, actually. Um, the thing about the wind is that when you invest in it, it's actually DTF. Um, and taking the TLC creates wind that is N-O-T-G-R-E-A-T uh, because it's coming from the Earth's butthole. Um, it, wind is actually... Uh, you, you, you guys were right in that wind is mostly flatulence, but it is the flatulence of the earth itself. Um, and the IBS is actually a positive in this, uh, situation because without it, there would be no wind. Hmm. I, I'm sorry. I have one final question. I know it's okay. out of order. I will take oh. your one more question. In your studies, where did you find that the butthole of the earth was? Uh, the butthole of the earth is, you might not be surprised at this at all. It's okay. uh, the state of New Jersey. Oh, oh of course. Propaganda. Propaganda. <laughs> some, pro some propaganda is accurate. Yeah, sorry. I mean, have you ever been to New Jersey? Have yep. you ever smelled New Jersey? Yep, it is the... It's the blueberry capital of the world. It smells beautiful there. It's the Garden State. Mm. So they say. Yeah, that's mm. what they say. That's a the fact. propaganda. It's on the signs there when you adopt a highway. All right. Well, uh, with all the presentations given, I believe we are at the point where now each member will indicate and vote which speaker they believe deserves to win the $50,000 grant awarded from Some Nobody's Patreon account, SomeNobodies.com, or Patreon.com slash SomeNobodies. And the Collector's Nostalgia Prize. Now, in the order that we presented, myself as one, Smart Zach as two, B. Clueless as three, and Michael Colby as number four. On the count of three, we will reveal with our fingers which presentation we believe deserves the prize. So on the count of three, two, one. And with almost unanimous votes, the scholarship and nostalgia prize will be awarded to B. Clueless for the presentation on wind 
and uh, smelly highways or something along those lines. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. AKA Zephyrs, which is a beautiful Zephyrs, way. It's a beautiful way to describe a fart. Mm, of course. Indeed. Yeah. indeed. I, 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 have, I have many plans to go into further detail about the beauty of flatulence specifically. Um, the art, the fashion involved. Keep a lookout. I, again, I don't want to self-promote, but I do have another book that's coming out pretty soon. Mm -hmm. So do keep an eye on that. Again, that is going to be about the art and history of buttholes. Hmm. Yes. An illuminating topic, I'm sure. Yes. And that concludes our conference for this week. Please be clueless. Tell us about the topic for next week's conference. Okay, yeah, so the topic for next week's conference, that is actually going to be about um, insects and are they planning on taking over the earth? Uh, the answer is yes, but whoa. we will go into that a bit more. Okay, well, the details I'm sure will make the foregone conclusion all the more interesting. Oh, it's, we don't it's need fascinating. It. We know the answer. Yeah. Yes. And of course, you I, know, I, gonna... I, I find that going in knowing the answer makes mm. the topic a little bit more okay. illuminating. It's about yeah. the journey, it, not the destination. Yeah, exactly. I agree. It is way easier to ingest knowledge when you already have the knowledge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Of it's going to make making a presentation very easy. Spoken like a true academic. Oh. And now, uh, with a final thanks to all of our panelists, starting with, of course, Be Clueless, please tell us where interested parties can find more of your work, hear more of you, or whatever you like. All right, hello, I'm Be Clueless. They found me at a Denny's parking lot. I am a uh, flatulence fashion expert and wind scientist. Uh, you can find me at my podcast, uh, Deep Lore. That's anywhere podcasts are. I also have another podcast called Is This Podcast a JoJo Reference? And I also do, oh God, what is our other podcast called? Well, you, mean the, you mean the award-winning No Time the, to Binge? Thank you. <laughs> featuring all four members of the panel? You can yep. say that when it comes to awards, our podcast is a throuple. There right? you go. Is that right? is that, is <laughs> sure, that why not? I don't know. Sure. What that means. <laughs> uh, you can also there follow my Instagram at beatabethy. Excellent. And Michael Colby, if that is your real name, where can people find more of you? It is, in fact, you would think that I would have some sort of fun reveal, but I don't. It was me, Michael Colby, the whole time. I am Damn from it. Jack Billings Presents Haunted Apartment Complex. Also, uh, I love this terrible game and Generation Clash, which we will be um, announcing season two shortly. I'm also from the comedy show of the year on the Scene Snobs Award, uh, pop culture of the year on the Scene Snobs Award, and podcast of the year from the Scene Snobs Award, uh, No Time to Binge. It's a TV show where we watch the first and last episodes of tv shows and then make up what happens in the middle it is a hell of a good time and we're gonna keep doing it until b realizes that they're too good to hang out with schlubs like us and believes us yeah. oh please please <laughs> i've already realized that oh perfect excellent that's why she doesn't even take the time to like remember the name of the show it's like just give me a link <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh smart zach where can people hear your dulcet tones oh thank you very much for having me once again uh you can find everything that i like to talk about on somenobodies.com or somenobodies.net uh somenobodies us and also somenobodies co i don't understand oh, yeah. how to work websites and i bought a lot of them 
Uh, either way, you can find us on uh, Silicon Angels uh, uh, podcast, podcast, a podcast show, or the one podcast we do where we won a bunch of awards. Um, um, what was that one called? Uh, 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 it's uh, called uh, Jack flip, Billings uh, flip, Presents Haunted Apartment Complex. Uh, 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 flap, uh, uh, flapping, flip, flap. Uh, Somenobodies.com. You can find it all there. Thank you very much. <laughs> of course. And I have been your keynote speaker, Baba Duke Camelback. You can find me everywhere. You can find Smart Zach, uh, No Time to Binge, Talking Upstream, Twitching Upstream, CYOP Appeal. We've got some more stuff in the can on Twitter at Vorpal underscore words. And as your host, it is my payment to make. I say we put all dogs in some costumes and throw them into the ocean. We don't need dogs anymore. All we need are donkeys. Uh, let's just replace the lobsters with <clears throat> Thank you for watching PowerPoint Showdown. Today's winner will receive a $50,000 grant courtesy of some nobody's Patreon. Congratulations on your win! Join us next week for another showdown.